You're listening to the Unveiling Mormonism podcast from PursueGod.org. Join us every Monday as we pull back the curtain on Mormon history, culture, and doctrine. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org forward slash Mormonism. Okay, Bo and KD, it is July 24th, and anyone from Utah or any Mormon knows that that is a special day. Many of our Mormon listeners are out there with their family partying today, but our non-Mormon listeners are saying, what you talking about, Willis? We're going to talk <laughs> about Pioneer Day. Bo, KD, what the heck is Pioneer Day, and what does that have to do with unveiling Mormonism? Pioneer Day uh, in Utah is when um, the the pioneers got to Utah, and Brigham Young said, "This is the place, right? We've gone far enough. This is the place." So essentially, uh, the Mormons who were being, um, from their vantage point, persecuted in Nauvoo, had made the decision that they all needed to move um, west. So they needed to leave Nauvoo as an entire Mormon people and trek west. Uh, and eventually that trek west, they, they didn't know where they were going to end up, but that trek west landed them in Utah, in Salt Lake City, Utah, and it was on the 24th. So that's why we celebrate Pioneer Day on the 24th of July. And so what that means is on the 4th of July, you're hearing fireworks going off like all around the country. But then on the 24th of July, just a couple weeks later, you get to hear it all over again, right? Because <laughs> it is just fire, probably even more fireworks. I don't know, maybe you can help us understand this from the Mormon perspective, because I've never been a Mormon, so I've never celebrated Pioneer Day, but living in Utah, it's a state holiday, so we're, you know, we're grateful for the day off. Um, but I think Mormons understand this differently than non-Mormons. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big holiday. The, the trek west for the pioneers was not easy. It was brutal. I mean, the, these, were, these were people that felt like they were being driven from their homes. Many of them were. And uh, they came west to find sanctuary, to be able to worship the way they wanted to worship, believe the way they wanted to believe, and live the way they wanted to live. Um, uh, again, you know, a number of these people are polygamists. They've got a ton of kids running around. And, and, and yeah, this trek west would be super hard for families. Uh, it, that back then, they didn't have cars. They didn't have roads, right? They, they had oxen and they had carts uh, with wooden wheels. So, so these pioneers, and, and many of them didn't have a ton of money. So, so we, I mean, even sometimes they were pushing hand carts. So think of a giant wheelbarrow and push that 1,300 miles across the United States, uh, you know, over the dirt, mountains, and mud. Like, that's what it was like for these pioneers. So for them to get to the valley, the Salt Lake Valley, and find their their home uh, was was a huge deal. So, and, and obviously it's, it's when Utah became officially populated, became a territory, and ultimately, you know, later on becomes a state in the United States. Yeah, if you want a map of this trek west... You can find it at the LDS website. We'll put a link to it down below. But it starts in Nauvoo. This is where Joseph Smith um, went down in the gunfight. I know they, they call it being martyred, but typically Christian martyrs don't go down in a gunfight. 
like shooting back, but that's for another episode. But, but Joseph Smith was, was, he died. I think his brother, did his brother pass away as well? Yeah, Hiram. Yep. So Joseph and his brother Hiram died. Brigham Young ends up being the new leader. But as we've talked about in previous episodes, Joseph, one of Joseph's sons said that, no, he was the real prophet. And so Emma uh, went with her son and they went down, I believe, to Independence, Missouri eventually. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. So she stays and then the saints trek most of, but but you get, again, this is where you get a few splinter groups, but right. um, like some people were following Sidney Rigdon, who thought yeah. he should have been the prophet. So anyway, the majority of saints follow Brigham Young and on this trek west. Yeah, the website says that 70,000 Latter-day Saints ended up pioneering west. Now, probably not all at once, but just over the course of maybe the next couple of years, I would imagine. But you can see that track and it goes, it sort of roughly somewhat follows I-80, what today is I-80. I know this because I drove I-80 back to Chicago every year with, with our kids, Tracy and I did. And so we understand that track. It goes a little bit further north of I-80. It doesn't go through Laramie like I-80 does. It goes sort of north through Wyoming. But anyway, it goes, so, so from Nauvoo, it goes west through Iowa. Then it goes through Nebraska. That had to be brutal with the bugs and in the flatlands. And then it goes up into the plateaus of Wyoming. And eventually it drops down into the Salt Lake Valley. And there's a place in the Salt Lake Valley, that, it's called This is the Place State Park. Explain that phrase to us because it's kind of a Pioneer Day phrase. Yeah. So, so again, the Saints didn't know where they were going to end up on this trek west. Um, they just kept picking up and moving further and further west. Uh, on this track and, and Brigham Young, um, you know, was one that was the leader on this track. And so it, basically they, they get to the Salt Lake Valley um, and Brigham basically said that he had seen this in, in a vision. He had seen this peak called Enzyme Peak, which mm. is a, a, a hill here in, in the Salt Lake Valley. When they reach this point, uh, Brigham Young declares that uh, they've gone far enough. This is the place. So it's a, Growing up, we would always sing This is the Place as part of the Utah celebratory song <laughs> um, uh, in grade school. And anyway, so so yeah, those are famous words by Brigham Young. So you'll see at This is the Place Monument, you'll see a statue of Brigham Young. You'll see his famous saying. And, and that's where he sort of put the, the stake in the ground of this is our territory. This is our place. We're going to create a home here. Is it true? It's because part of it is he could see the Salt Lake. And he was thinking, this is a this is going to be a beautiful, lush valley where we can fish and build our community here. Because that's how I've always kind of thought about it. It's just been a little bit comical because, of course, yeah. the Salt Lake, the Great Salt Lake is salt. It is the like the Dead Sea in the Middle East. It is there is nothing living in there. You're not going to have any fishing in there. There's not going to, it's not a very luscious place. I mean, it's still, Utah's beautiful. Look. Utah, I do believe this is the place. I love Utah. I think it's gorgeous. But the Great Salt Lake isn't particularly useful. And I'm sure he learned that once they made it down there. Yeah, I wonder, were there scouts that like tasted <laughs> the water first? I don't know. But yeah, there's this giant lake that's completely unusable uh, for, for them when they settle. So, um, but hey, they, they picked a place with mountains and red rock and 
you know, snow and I don't know, all four seasons. Pretty, it's a pretty cool spot. If anybody gets a chance to visit Utah, if you haven't, you have to, because the skiing is amazing. The hike is amazing. So go Utah anyway. So yeah, so they, they get to Utah. He declares this the place and then they establish, you know, their community, um, build, build up the church. And, the, and then you get the historic build of the Salt Lake temple, which takes years and years and years, 40 years actually to build the Salt Lake temple. So anyway, when, when you come visit, you'll see Salt Lake temple and everything is built in Salt Lake. Everything is built around the temple. So there's temple squares, like the center of the city. And then everything's kind of built in a square around it. Okay. So let's talk about the origin story. So this trek West is, is a huge part of the origin story of the Mormon church and of the founding of Utah. And so growing up Mormon, you two um, connected to this origin story in a special way. Tell us a little bit about that, because I think for a lot of people who didn't grow up Mormon, this is going to be really interesting. Yeah, there. I mean, growing up Mormon, you know, you're told stories about your pioneer ancestors, about your heritage. There are many, many stories um, that are also not just like... Um, like as part of particular families, but also just stories about like the pioneers collectively, like the locusts and the seagulls and like all sorts of um, pioneer stories about them having those hardships of building here in the high desert. And um, it would have been really hard. And, and for those lucky Mormon youth, (laughs) they get to relive the Trek. It's called Trek. And they send, they they get a whole stake of youth together. They call uh, couples to go with the youth on this trek, and you get to kind of relive what the pioneers went through. You get to pull a handcart with all the stuff in it, sing songs as you go along, and pitch tents, cook your food and fires, and yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. It's a fun, that's, it's a fun, I say fun, it's miserable for the <laughs> most part. Um, but it is fun, obviously, right? You're camping and stuff. But yeah, so to remind youth of their pioneer heritage that the Mormon church puts on what's called Trek. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And so this is pretty it's, wild. It's like a, help me to understand this. It's like a, like a youth camp almost. It's like a traveling yeah. youth camp. Yeah, it's like a week long. You go to some desolate place in Wyoming following. Sometimes you're following the, the actual trail they went on and you're pushing actual wooden hand carts, giant cartwheels, you know, and you, it's full of all your stuff, your tent, your your food, your pots, your pants. And you're pushing this cart um, with, you know, the other youth in your group um, at one point. At one point yes. on the trek, there's the woman's pole, yep, right? The women's pole. The Where men all, all are the men called leave. away. Yeah. Yes, and because because in on on the trek west, the Mormons are or, sorry the there there's a potential battle, and so the the Mormon men get called out to this battle, and so then the, the, the there's a portion of this trek where the women had to push the handcarts, and so we uh, every every Mormon trek has this imitation point where the all of the girls. All the young women, I mean, you could tell it. I, I was just watching because I, I didn't yeah, have they, to push. I think they make the boys watch. Yeah. I remember this vividly because <laughs> <laughs> the boys, they made us, they made them watch us struggle these hand carts up a pretty big hill. Um, and we're like, you know, some of us are crying, <laughs> <laughs> slipping and, you know, it's a big uh, 
theatrical sort of fun, yeah. not fun thing. So, so this is thir- like, like 13 to 18, 12 to 18, what, what ages? And then how many kids are out there at a time for this week? 12 to 18. There was, oh my gosh, on our trek, there were probably 50, 60, yeah, 50. Yeah, more say. maybe, maybe even. Depends on the stake. Yeah. But, but I'll bet. I would say 50. 50 to, 50 to 100, let's call it, yeah. right? Depending on the trek, but they're, they're pretty awesome um, productions, right? Like it, it takes a lot of land. The church owns a lot mm. of land uh, out there and takes a lot of organization, but at the end of it, everybody comes home safe and you appreciate your heritage a little bit more. And also showers. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true you come home with a Trek boyfriend or girlfriend? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> having come home with a Trek girlfriend. No, no. Yeah, it... But but really, it is it is like any other youth camp you can imagine, where there's boys and girls together pushing hand carts. Uh, for some reason, that turns around sitting around a campfire and exchanging phone numbers. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, so now it's genius. I mean, it really is genius. Origin stories are important, and I can't think of another church that has something like this where where you can sort of instill this in your students. I mean, I, I think this. This is even more insightful for me. You know, my kids grew up here in Utah, and so this is even more insightful why Mormonism has such a such a hold on people because these are memories you're building, and it's not just your own memory with your friends from from the ward and from school, and which, by the way, is the same thing essentially. I mean, you're you go to school with the people you go to church with because Mormons are everywhere, and so you know you're. Bo, you were a, a seminary teacher, and so you know they would release students to go to to see the seminary teacher every. I mean, it's like a youth pastor every day of the week. It really is amazing how much how much influence these experiences can have on a young person. So I would imagine. I mean, maybe am I, am I overselling this, but I would imagine this is a really meaningful, almost like faith affirming experience to go through this. Oh, absolutely. And they, and obviously on any track, they, they try to create faith affirming experiences, right? Where they'll send you off alone to pray and, um, you know, give you a story to read about an ancestor that, uh, about, you know, either one of your ancestors, usually just, a, you know, a faith affirming story from the Trek West of miracles that occurred on the, on the trail. Um, and then, you know, you go off on your own and, uh, have your own experience, then come back around a campfire and share experiences together. So yeah, Trek is it's affirming in that way, but it also just, um, to your point, it, it reaffirms all of the, uh, the history. So it's not just about what you're going through. It's about the heritage mm-hmm. that, that you have. And, and, and like, you're carrying the torch now from your ancestors that came across the plains that sacrificed their homes, their wealth, their livelihoods to come West with the Mormon church. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, they all left their jobs, right. Mm-hmm. To come West establish something new, um, because of what they believed in. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I would agree. I don't know that there's many churches that have something like this, at least in, in like a modern day sense, right. Where it was just a couple hundred years ago. And then the Mormon church treats this quite a bit like the, uh, the children of Israel, right. Traveling through the wilderness that the Mormon church kind of sees it in, in, in a similar light. How does a Mormon celebrate Pioneer Day, because I've never been in a Mormon family. So I know the non-Mormons, we call it 
I don't know if I can say this on this podcast, but we call it pie and beer day. (laughs) And that's what I've heard since the day we actually, Tracy and I drove to Utah in 1999. We drove in from Illinois. So we followed this. Little did we know we were doing this. It's actually funny to think about it in retrospect. We come across from Chicagoland. We didn't go through Nauvoo exactly, but not too far from Nauvoo. We came all the way across Iowa like the pioneers. We came across Nebraska like the pioneers. We came across Wyoming like the pioneers. We dropped into Utah like the pioneers on July 24th, 1999. And we had no idea what Pioneer Day was. So you can imagine we get into town, I think it was like a Wednesday or Thursday and nothing is open. It's a state holiday. And we're like, what is going on? And someone, someone finally told us, oh, it's Pioneer Day. We're like, what is Pioneer Day? And so that's why we needed to do this episode, because I want to warn the next person who is moving to Utah <laughs> that this is a thing. So the, anyway, so pie and beer day for non-Mormons, but I would imagine that pie and beer is not a part of it for Mormons. No, no. A lot of jello, though. A lot of jello with carrots in it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of jello, a lot of whipped cream on top, and uh, and casserole. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. So Pioneer Day is a big deal for uh, for people who live in Utah, obviously, especially for for Mormons because we're celebrating. Uh, you know, Mormons are celebrating their heritage, and it's a it's a lot of family, a lot of food, and then a lot of fireworks. Yeah, like like basic. I if I if I owned a firework company, I I would love Utah, and they do. They they keep their tents up the entire mm-hmm. month of July, selling fireworks basically every day because. You know, we're lighting fireworks off almost the entire month of July to celebrate both the 4th of July and then also the the 24th. Yeah, it's big business in Utah, that's for sure. Anything else, guys, about Pioneer Day that that our listeners need to know? Um, Some families are really, really into it. So some of them come from, you know, like, because obviously um, Mormons were polygamists here in Utah for a long, long time. So there are a lot of people who descend from like prominent people. They have lots of stories. So they, sometimes you'll hear of families like making rolls together, cooking together, telling stories like that. And yeah, like your point, it just really reinforces that um, heritage for the kids. This will be your first pioneer day. I don't know if you guys have even thought about this. I just thought about this now. Maybe it's not even fair to ask. This is going to be your first Pioneer Day as non-Mormons. Does that make you anxious at all? I mean, how do how do you guys feel about that? That's a good point. I guess I never thought about it. That's a good point. Um, I mean, my, my heritage is still my heritage, right? So uh, I'm still grateful for the people that sacrificed a lot to come across, establish a community that ultimately became part of the United States of America, mm. which is the greatest country on earth. And uh yeah, so I'm still very grateful for their sacrifice, grateful for what it means. Um, so yeah, I would say I would say a lot of the same. I think obviously what where a, a belief system has shifted for for myself and for KD, um, but I, but I think I think they're two separate things. I, I guess in my mind, what, what about you? I would just say I, I mean, obviously I um, have never agreed with polygamy, but I think that. Pioneer Day does represent hard work and sacrifice, which is a huge thing in Mormonism. Duty to family, hard work, sacrifice, like just those things that are also seem kind of American too, you know, um, 
Mormonism is kind of like a pretty American religion. And, um, so those types of things, I, you know, coming out of Mormonism, I am grateful for those that I was instilled with those types of values. Yeah. Those are good answers. I'm glad you said, you both said that, that it's not just about the religious side of things even though obviously it was the Mormons who came across, but we know in the mid 1800s, a lot of people made the trek West, right? Pioneers weren't just Mormon. There were a lot of pioneers who, who struck out and that's how, that's how we got the Western United States. So I like that. I think that's good. Maybe for those listening who, who, who are coming, finding their way out of Mormonism, you don't have to throw out pioneer day. You can celebrate (laughs) Pioneer Day, maybe, maybe with a little bit more pie and maybe even possibly with a little bit more beer than you would have done previously. So that's everything you guys need to know about Pioneer Day. Just a quick little bonus episode. Make sure to join us next week because we are going to pick up again where we left off as we're going through the pursuit. And next week, we're going to talk about Imago Day, what it means that we're made in the image of God. And this is a big one because I think for Mormons, it means something different than for Christians. So make sure to join us next time. Hey, listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we wanna make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit pursuegod.org forward slash donate.